Welcome to the Chasing Passion Podcast. My name is Dom and I'm your host. Each week, I bring on a passionate person to help you discover your own passion in life and how to begin pursuing it. Thanks for spending some time with me today and let the episode begin. This week's guest is Kyle Mullen. Kyle is a YouTuber, influencer, sponsored athlete and a personal trainer. He has competed in powerlifting multiple times and holds the Irish junior record under 75 kg weight class for three lifts. The three lifts are bench, which is 140 kg, squat with sleeves on, which is 210 kg, squat with no sleeves on, which is 202.5 kg, and a deadlift of 260 kg. Kyle has recently attended his first bodybuilding competition in Houston, Texas, where he placed second within this category, and he has achieved all of these while working a full-time job. You can follow Kyle on YouTube and Instagram by typing in Kyle Mullen, and you'll find him there. In this episode, some of the things we discuss are what made him begin the whole journey to powerlifting, bodybuilding and social media in general, worst piece of advice that he often hears within his industry, his most proudest achievement, along with many other topics. I hope you enjoy the episode and without further ado, let's get right into the episode. Kyle, um, thanks for coming to the show, really appreciate it. How you doing? So, uh, you know, I guess the first and most obvious question to ask is just competition. Yeah. Because you recently attended the Summer Shredding Competition. It so was, how did that go? Um, well, it went really well. So I came second in my category in my group, which was a complete surprise to me. I honestly didn't expect anything of it when I was doing it. Like when I signed up, when I knew that I was going out there, it was kind of more just for the content to kind of try to revitalize YouTube, all that sort of stuff, because I kind of get inconsistent with it. But when I was out there and then I was on the stage, I was kind of like looking around and I was like, yo, like actually... I think I might be able to do well here because like, mm. my posing was good. The peaking Ross, shout out to him, my coach. Like we just did everything perfectly. And that was like the best that I possibly could have looked on that stage. Um, and to come away with like a second place when they call him a name, I was like, wow, okay, this is pretty amazing. Like, Did you expect to get such results? Because like, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of competition out there. So, so what kind of made you stood out from, you know, stand out from the other when, crowd? flying over there and the whole 12 weeks that i did my prep i didn't i had zero and i genuinely mean this when i say this because a lot of people be like oh i didn't expect anything but they actually did like Mm. i genuinely had zero expectations of coming anywhere um because a lot of people in those competitions like they're not tested and not to like throw anyone under the bus because all everyone there that i found was so nice so amazing but a lot of the time it isn't going to be a level playing field if Mm. you are a natural lifter yourself if you're going into those things and it's something you can it's not something you can complain about because you know you're going into it and it's untested so for me i always thought that a couple of freaks are going to just show up they're going to take the first place and everyone needs to just kind of like just relax about that sort of thing and um, so i was like, okay nothing's going to happen and um, all the way throughout the prep but it was the so i arrived there on wednesday the competition was saturday when i we had like this full meeting of all of the athletes that were there that were competing in the athlete gym on the friday when we got there that's when i got competitive that's when i was kind of like looking around at people being like "Ooh, do i look better than him do i look better than him because i came in so well and i was looking dry and i was looking good when i was training in the videos that i was sending over to my coach i was like this like this is genuinely the best that i've looked and in myself i'm quite confident that i have a good physique shape wise proportions this that and the other but at the same time i always knew that i just didn't have the same amount of mass that maybe other people would have but looking around 
I personally felt that I looked a lot better than a lot of people, but I still didn't think have expectations that I would do well. Like I thought not nah, because they're bigger, they're gonna they're gonna win. Um, but then when we got onto the stage, I was I think like I went onto the stage like nearly eighth or ninth. Like I wasn't like the first or second person, and I was looking at all of their posing, and I was like, their posing isn't good, and that's like mm. no not again to shoot anyone down it was just their posing was not good where i was like okay i've been practicing this literally for 12 weeks every yeah. single day i knew i was like i knew what i could do um so i went down there did my posing routine and it was just completely different to everyone else's they were kind of doing front back no transitions um didn't make it flow or anything along those lines where i put a lot of effort and practice into that so i think that was the main thing that brought me up then I don't know if you're familiar with the formatting or anything like that. So basically when you, everyone stepped out on the stage and got 10 seconds by themselves and then they come out um, and they basically call out the first call out was called. So they call out the first like six people that, and usually how bodybuilding works is that's your top six. If you're the first six people call out, you're the first six people that they want to have a look out and it's in order from first to last. So I was called out third in that first call out. So technically you're in, third place um and then they move you around this that and the other i got moved into second place what seemed like i swapped positions with the person that was called out mm. second and then i got swapped out into position with the person that was called out fourth so at that time i was like okay they were happy with me how i was looking blah blah, blah but they've now decided that i'm probably fourth fifth or sixth or something along those lines so after the show i had literally no expectations so for when we come back to the finals to fast forward a bit to have my name being called out a second, I was <laughs> completely shocked. Completely. Yeah. And what do you enjoy the most about, like, you know, doing bodybuilding competitions and stuff like that? Because for me, like, if I, if I went on stage, I'd be just freaking it. Like, what, what do yeah. you enjoy about it? Um, what I enjoyed about the process, because I've done powerlifting. This was the very first bodybuilding show that I've ever done. So to do, I've, I've done a couple of powerlifting. I've done like four, nearly three or four mm. powerlifting meets. And all of those are quite similar where you just go in there. It doesn't feel like a competition. Everyone is just going to do a personal PB on that day. And I've enjoyed it. Where training wise and the build up to it, you can actually be a little bit lazy because you're just eating as much food as you can and doing some heavy lifting. Um, I know for some people it might for powerlifters, I might think, oh, it's way more than that, blah, blah, blah. For me, however, like for having a full-time job and doing it at the same time, I only had to go to the gym sometimes even two days a week. As long as I hit all my heavy lifts, because I was training at such an intensity, I didn't need to train six days a week. My body was basically just going heavy and recovering and I could kind of get away with it a little bit more. Bodybuilding-wise, you had to be on point 24-7 every single day so there was no rest days i was in the gym six days a week i was having my rest days didn't matter if i was tired after work i was like if you want the results you have to do it regardless so with bodybuilding and why it kind of won me over a little bit was because everything is in build up for that one day yes powerlifting is the same but you're kind of strong all the way through whereas you only look like that for literally four hours mm at that peak moment as soon as you start eating a meal your body was in such starvation mode it sucks everything in you don't look the same the day after the show as you did the day of the show mm. so everything is just kind of like you're waiting you're waiting you're waiting not yet you're waiting not yet you keep grinding you keep grinding and then you can finally just reveal everything in that moment so that's why 
for me, it was such an amazing experience. Like I loved it so, so much because it was like all of this sacrifice and hard work that you're putting in. This is like the weight off your shoulders. Almost the, this is, that was just kind of the moment for me. So that's why I really enjoyed it. So what's the goal now? Are you got to do more competitions? The goal now is because I came second. The goal is to do the exact same. Um, so I joke about on my Instagram the same way the notorious Conor McGregor does like the champ champ. Um, that is what I want to do next mm. year. So come first again to so defend my title in my position for the powerlifting that I know I can do um, confidently for my weight category and in the kind of drug tested division that I do. Um, and then do the exact same go over summer shredding 2020 and hopefully come first in my category that's the plan no i believe it. i think you'll definitely get, get hopefully there. i'm always gonna say you, you mentioned that you did powerlifting and bodybuilding yes so what made you choose like what made you get into that first of all and when the powerlifting yeah both. like what, what did you start first so what i started first second what i started training originally was actually just to get bigger. So I wanted to play sevens rugby. I had a few injuries, tore mm. up my hamstrings, this and that. Was trying to get them back to play rugby, but it just wasn't happening. So I was like, okay, I'm basically going to be out for a year just trying to get my hamstrings right. Let's join a gym and just like get bigger. Because yeah. that was the thing, because I was very, very small, but I was quick. So they didn't play me in scrum half. I was on the wing, I was at full back. But to play those position positions, especially in union, I needed to be way, way bigger. I was only like... 58 kg coming out of school like as an 18 year old so um that was the main reason why i got in but then very quickly it all turned into like bodybuilding i'd say training for aesthetics this is when when i started jeff side was huge into the thing like it was just in that kind of z's culture of you need mm. to train for aesthetics to get big bodybuilding was a thing um but my competitiveness side, because I wasn't playing sports, gym performance was always very important to me. So having the weights go up every couple of weeks was very important to me. And I found out quickly that I was just strong for my body weight at the, at certain exercises that I was doing. I was keeping up with people that were bigger than me, per se. Um, and I always trained with people that were bigger. So I kind of loved that kind of aspect of it. And with the bodybuilding, I always thought that it was very um subjective that this just one person you're on a stage you have to put on a load of fake tan at the time i was like this is just not for me this bald chap is going to be saying that his abs look nicer <laughs> than mine like it wasn't for me that's how i always thought at the start i've, come, I've changed my idea though um but with the powerlifting it was clean cut it was if you lift the most you are the winner so that's what kind of drew me towards it a little bit more. Mm. Um, and because I was just naturally strong at squatting, that was kind of the main one that kind of got it for people like, yo, like how the hell are you squatting this much when you're only this size? You have chicken legs. It makes no sense. What the hell is going on here? So that was the main thing that got me into it because I was good at that one exercise. I was like, okay, let me try this. Let me build up, try bring up the other two in comparison. I was looking up what like records and stuff were and I was like, okay, I'm actually not even too far off for my age category and the weight that I was in. So got into powerlifting, did my very first powerlifting meet and I fell in love with it straight away because I was really, really nervous doing it. But I watched an Omar Isaf video basically being like, how do I get into my first competition? And he just said, just sign up, pay for it and it's going to force you Mm. to just do it. Don't even think about it. Book it for 20 weeks now in advance 
30 weeks in advance and as, as it creeps up you're going to take it more seriously because you've paid however much money to get into it um, and that's exactly what I did did my first show my first powerlifting meet and actually won my first powerlifting meet so that was where I was kind of like okay I was hook line and yeah. sinker into the powerlifting <laughs> um and how I got into the bodybuilding was pretty much so actually I'm kind of skipping about a, a good chunk there's two years then now between my first powerlifting show and the one that I just won recently um so my training for those two years was pretty much very powerlifting based i didn't consider myself a powerlifter still because i still enjoyed bodybuilding style of training um so like hardcore powerlifters didn't really consider me a powerlifter but at the same time i always just focused on getting really really strong that was the main thing that i always preached to everyone so getting into bodybuilding literally how that happened was i won my powerlifting competition i qualified for europeans for the european championships but Basically, I looked up what the records were of the current record holder and I was nowhere near close to it. So for me, I didn't want to win because this Russian guy wasn't just coming over to Ireland this year. If the European championships were held in Russia or in Poland or something along those lines and I was the record holder, realistically, I probably wasn't going to go. I wouldn't have time to get off work. I wouldn't have time. Like I wouldn't be going. And I didn't want to win because someone that was better than me didn't show up that would absolutely kill me. Like, I'd I'd hate that so, so much. So for me, it was like, I need to get, I actually need to get to that level and then compete and beat that person. So for me, it was like, I'm not doing Europeans this year. I'm just going to get stronger. And just, there's no point wasting that money just for an empty or a hollow victory, which is what I would consider. So a lot of people would still take that victory. For me, I'm too competitive. I didn't, I wasn't feeling it. Um, So I was like, looking at it and I was watching one of Christian's videos and I was like, oh, there's still time to enter the online competition for summer shredding. So I was like, all right, I I want to cut for the summer anyway. I'll just do the online summer shredding application. May as well. I I know I can cut well, so I may as well just do something to kind of get me to that extra level. Um, Then when I put that on my story, yeah, should I do this summer shredding online thing? Get a message very quickly off Glenn Gillen, a really close friend of mine. And he was like, I'm competing in the show. You have to do it as well. So I was like, really? Like how, when's the show? How long do I have to stand the other? How much is going to cost? He was like, it's going to roughly cost you this amount of money. If you have it, I think it'd be really good. Like you need to do it. Like, so I was just like, okay. So I literally like I calculated how many paychecks I was going to get next. How many yeah. things I was going to do. Would I be able to afford this? Speaking to my mom and this and the other, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, 100%. I'm just going for it. I'm just going to do it. Really good content. I want to go to America. I'd love to go to Texas. I'd love to do all of that sort of stuff. Um, And it was a competition for me that I definitely didn't feel pressure on. An Irish competition, it's all the main hardcore bodybuilders all, oh, I wonder how this influencer is going to do against the real bodybuilders. You know what I mean? It's kind of like you have that eerie eyes watching you. Whereas this was kind of like, it's just Chris and Guzman's, man. Like it's not like a, a big thing like you don't brag about winning chris and guzman's summer shredding event mm. at least to me you don't um so it's just like okay this is a competition that there's pressure off that i can just go and try my best so that's yeah well waffled on along there but that's basically how i got into the bodybuilding side of things as well yeah interesting and what are some of your uh, pbs in your lifts in the three big lifts so powerlifting wise my best bench is 140 kg and um, my best squat is 210 kilograms and um, that's in sleeves in no sleeves i did 202 
0.5 kg I think that was just in complete raw bare knee and then my deadlift is 260 kilograms and what so weight I, are you I in the last competition I competed at the 75 kg mm. weight class and um, oh. so all of those are Irish records for junior level which is under 23 at the time so now I go into the open so that was the main thing so that's why wow. in Europeans I would have been against proper adults yeah so that's why I reconsidered like if I was still doing the juniors I probably would have done the Europeans, but because I just, I turned 24 just before the European competition, I was like, now I'm against the big boy adults that have been training for 10 plus mm. years and have these crazy PBs. So I was like, at my weight class, I was like, I'm too far behind. So that was the main reason I didn't do it. Yeah, that's, those are pretty big numbers. Yeah, not And too what I was going to say, uh, is there anyone you look up to, like who influenced you, you know, to, to do all this? Like, So to start was Rob... Lipset, who mm. I was in school with in Congos, he is the one that kind of basically I went to train in Raw, the one Portobello in town, literally just to try it out. I went in for like a free pass, and he was there, mm. and I didn't even think he'd remember me from school. And he was like, "Oh my god, Carl, blah blah, so great to see you, blah blah." And he was like, "Yeah, definitely join here. We'll get some few sessions in." And those few sessions literally turned into training partners for two years. Yeah. Um, so I was very lucky that I never had a novice phase of lifting where i was in the gym kind of doing stuff not really knowing what i was doing i was literally doing his training from the get-go so i kind of gained like traction quite quickly so i'd say to so he was actually the one that motivated me to do all of this so to start youtube to do all of this stuff he was the one that kind of pushed me because i was i always wanted to do it but i always thought that because i was in the same gym as him we were in the same school. We had the same circle of friends. We basically would have quite similar same followings because a lot of the followings I was getting on Instagram was basically just from being tagged in his mm. stuff. And at the very start, there was that kind of enigma of I'm just trying to do what he's doing. So I'm just trying to be a B-Tech Rob Lipset. So that was a start. And um, so I was kind of, that's why I didn't do it for so, so long. Like I was training with him for a year and a half and I still hadn't started doing the fitness sort of stuff. Um, like YouTube or anything like that and he was like Kyle just do it like like who gives yeah. a fuck like can I swear on this was that yeah, right? yeah he was like yeah. do he was like don't give a fuck just do it so I went to America J1 worked my ass off saved bought a laptop bought a camera um, and I just started and from there I didn't really look up to anyone in that way like I the YouTube that I watch is so different to like fitness YouTube I think when you start doing it you watch it less mm. so i was more i used to watch all of rob's videos no offense to rob and um, i used to watch all like i used to watch a good amount of christian's videos but then when i started doing it myself I actually completely fell off watching their videos not because they weren't good or that they aren't interesting i'm sure if i started watching them i'd probably get addicted to watching them again and um, but the, the videos that i watch on youtube are just completely different i watch like the sideman jacksepticeye like yeah. gamer youtubers stuff that makes me like properly properly laugh and um, that's just what i've always grown up watching um so in terms of but in recent recently though the main one of the main things that actually motivates me a lot and he probably doesn't even know this is glenn who i'm close friends with seeing him doing so well at the moment doesn't like i have zero jealousy in that sort of way in terms of i want to be where he's doing it what he is doing for me is he shows me how little i'm working and then that motivates me to, if I work, there's somewhere to go. That Because he's working so hard and he's getting somewhere, it's like, he, like, we literally were doing the same thing. 
like at the same, we we're like 1,000, 2,000 subscribers and we were first met up with each other. And it was kind of like, if he can, like we were the same. So there's no reason why I can't get there as well. So he's probably the only inspiration that I have, not in a way of that I'm looking up to, but kind of, he just like, is that constant reminder of if I try, I can make it happen sort of thing. So yeah, probably Glenn. Hmm. And you seem like a pretty motivated person. So what gets you out of the, out of the bed in the morning, I guess, what are you motivated by? Um, I like, hmm, that's a weird question because I can go like mad deep with that question. Um, Give basically, us a short version. <laughs> but, very, but like the very short version is just from, it's literally just the desire to want to provide a nice life for like my family, whoever comes in the future, white kids, all that stuff. But more importantly, just kind of like for Mama Mullen. She sacrificed so much for me. That's the short version of mm. it. I just always really have wanted to give back in that way. So that's been the always the main motivator. She makes zero excuses in her life. Like zero. Doesn't matter what is happening. I've never heard that woman complain a single day or a single moment in her life. So every time I feel like I want to complain about something, I, I physically cannot. Like I can't. Doesn't matter what it is. Even when I hear it, <laughs> it, it bugs yeah. me so it's that's the main thing it's just kind of like that's the main motivator no matter what i'm actually doing i always just go back to that i don't know if you know what's his name um eric thomas do you know the motivational speaker yeah yeah basically eric thomas and he I was li it literally all started from like he kind of like contextualized it for me it's like what is your why that's mainly it so your why has to be greater than your reason to quit mm -hmm. so if you go to your why so every time you want to quit, you go to that and that's going to be like the oh, shit. Okay, no, I can't. Every time you're like, I want to quit. Oh, you remember it. You're just looking at over your shoulder. It's like that little angel or devil on your shoulder. Every yeah. time you want to quit, you look, you're like, okay, shit. No, I actually can't. Like I have to keep going. So that's the main, that'd be my main motivation where it comes from. It's like very deep rooted. And did you ever feel like quitting? No. No, just There's always never, go, never, go, 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 go never i'm like and i know i get very inconsistent with youtube like even now like i haven't done a video since i've been back from but the states time. but it's just it is i can i can say that it is harder doing the full-time job and doing this trying to do it at the same time it definitely is harder but every time i tell myself that i'm like no i can make it work like there's no reason why i can't make it work i can get up earlier i can go to sleep earlier i don't have to watch as many fucking episodes of naruto and anime like i can mm. i can make it happen if i decide to um so i never make excuses for myself um crap what was the question i lost sight of the question so did i um <laughs> <laughs> i do that i just ramble on and then i was like wait what the hell was that question that i was asking what was what did i have for breakfast and i'm here talking about, <laughs> talking about motivational goals for breakfast and actually what kind of person were you in school or like were you always like was, this or like so you know, in terms i think i grew into this a little bit more mm -hmm. um because at the start when i was okay when i was in school i was always this competitive i was good at sports i wanted to be something i wanted to whether it was started off i wanted to be a football player i wanted to be a rugby player i wanted to play sevens rugby for america whatever it was i always wanted to do something that was sporty so in school i actually hated school like i the school that i was in I was very lucky to be able to go to that school. My grandparents um, gave my mom the money to be able to send me to that school. She wasn't able to pay for that school. Um, so 
looking back now i regret not making the most of that environment that i was in because it was a very good school and um, but at the time you don't think about that when you're 14 years old and yeah. when you're 15 years old yeah the teachers try to remind you that all oh, your parents are paying so but you don't actually have you're not old enough and mature enough to understand what actually goes into that um so first and second year loved my school third year i literally didn't go to i stopped going to school I literally would not turn up to school, but then I'd show up for the rugby. I'd show up for the all of the after-school activities. I enjoyed the boarding part of my school, but just the from 9 o'clock until 3.30, having to sit in class, I absolutely despised it. Um, so I skipped all of my classes all the time. My principal, the teachers were all asking my parents, like, does he even want to be here? And this, that, and the other. They're asking me, am I unhappy? I'm like, no, I'm loving life here. I'm playing rugby, senior cup team, this, that, and the other. Like, I'm enjoying all of my friends. It's just, I hated going to geography class, maths class, whatever it was. I just hated school so much. Um, So in terms of school, I wasn't like a troublemaker. I didn't get in trouble. I always did all of my homework. But in terms of studying for tests and for everything like that, um, Mm. I just didn't do it. I, I'd rather stare at the wall for two hours than do my than read Shakespeare for two hours, like mm. to just to do better on a test. Like I could not study. Mm. That was that was how I was in school. And what would you say is your most proudest achievement? I'd say the recent one, the competition, the summer shredding, the competition. Next, you'll be number one again. <laughs> I think that was that was my yeah. I think that was the biggest one because to be able to do like people dedicate their whole life to doing prep, mm. um, and that's why I've been I've actually planning doing videos on this and I've tried like recording it in my car, everywhere, and trying to do my honest description of prep and bodybuilding and all of that sort of stuff because the what you hear from 95 percent of them is that it is like really really difficult like that it's super super hard people go on these crazy binges after that they're completely like messed up not like a mess up is a bad way but like a case of a better word messed up in the head they need to go speak to someone they go need to see someone they have um what are those things called like food problems afterwards they're like for me, I didn't experience any sides of that whatsoever. So mm. I almost feel bad in saying that I found it easy, if that makes sense. Like, so, cause like even really close friends of mine, they found it complete hell and I never found it hell once. So I, I don't know. It's just a weird situation to kind of describe. Yeah, fair enough. And if you could have a cup of coffee with an 18 year old Kyle, what advice would you give him? Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Hmm. I would tell him, I would, it would literally just be to work harder. That's literally it. Like, I haven't worked hard enough earlier on. But that's basically it. But I don't regret anything along the way either. Like I genuinely, I genuinely don't like the only regrets that I, that yet yeah, the only regret I would have is to not work as hard earlier on to kind of just keep chucking away, just keep banging out content, even because that's the main thing. You just get inside your own head and you, st- and you become your own mental block for the content to come out because you overlook what the audience wants to watch. So I decide I like, I have no idea what they want to see technically. Mm. 
I don't know if they're going to enjoy something. So I've already decided in my head that the thing that they haven't even seen yet, they don't like. So that's the main block. Um, that your videos become aren't good enough, aren't interesting enough, they don't want to see. But then when you see them in person, they remind you like, yo, I love this video. I'm like, yo, I thought that video was absolute ass, but you apparently enjoyed it. So that's why, that's probably the main thing, not to get in your own head. Don't get in your own head and just keep banging out content. That's what I tell my 18-year-old self. Yeah. Mm. And did you always do this actually since you were 18? Like, uh, so I started, and stuff like that? as in YouTube. When did you start? Yeah. I started when... Hmm. I started when I was 20. So I'd just come back from America. Hmm. So yeah, I was 20 years old. Turned 20 in May. Came back in September of that same year. Um, and that's when I started my YouTube channel. Um, and from there, I was actually... It's easy to bang out content when you're fresh and you're new and you haven't done your back day video and your leg day video and you can do all of these new ideas but then when you start to get for me the fitness industry started getting very repetitive mm. so it was just the same thing all the time and that's the, kind of the main battle with fitness so that's why you see every single fitness youtuber branch out so they branch out in either a couple of different ways of they make it just a vlog channel they make it into where they try to do real world stuff they try to do like how i did just kind of more preset planned organized videos so i just tried to do the videos that i loved and watched that i seen all the side men do that i watched ksi doing that i watch all them doing so i started that's how i kind of branched out um and then others branch out into the food like matt does fitness so everything is food related i ate this for 24 hours i did this challenge i did this and it's all very food related and there's just a little bit of fitness in there there's very few channels that are just full fitness like omar isof um where everything they pump out it's just fitness. So for me, that was it. It was kind of getting, just doing fitness was getting stale where I want to entertain and kind of make people laugh and have people like enjoy yeah. my videos a bit more. And I want to make the videos that I would like to watch, not just mm. what I think people would like. Um, so yeah, I started just then when I just turned 20. So I'm 24 now. So technically done this almost four years now. So three years and a bit. Um, but there was a big gap when I didn't within that three years that I didn't make videos. There's always been big gaps to where I've kind of stopped. So it's been on and off for yeah, about mm. three years. And what advice would you give to someone who actually wants to begin posting more, who wants to begin YouTube, wants to begin Instagram and just posting more in general? Like, cause I'm pretty sure like it's a scary thing to do initially when mm. you start. So what advice would you give to someone who wants to begin doing that? The advice I would give is, Hmm. First of all, you need to ask, is it genuinely what you want? The reason of why you're doing it is, an, is another big one. Are you doing it? And a lot of people say this. Are you doing this because you just want the money and fame or this and the other? It's not a bad thing to want that mm -hmm. as well. But to actually genuinely love and enjoy the process of creating something and getting the feedback of people watching that video, of actually yeah. enjoying that process. Like when I, when I was making the... I know I was complaining a lot about my recent video, the bodybuilding one, but I was actually enjoying the process of trying to fix this messed up camera quality video from the videographer that I got, um, looking up different camera techniques, editing techniques to try fix and make something of this video. Because in the end, it's a 30 something minute video that I've put easily 26 or 27 hours of just editing into. Um, like you don't do that if you don't enjoy it. Like if you genuinely don't enjoy the 
literally all of the little meticulous work of cutting this to the exact right point of the right music for the right scene. Nope, doesn't work. Go back, start it over and doing that eight times until you get the one that you like. Um, so what I would say firstly is make sure that it is you're doing it because you actually do enjoy doing it. And if you, the answer is yes, then you just got to put out content. Content is the key, basically. Um, whether it's good, bad, indifferent, this video is not the best, that video is not the best. Yes, you should focus on quality, but I would honestly almost focus on quantity more than quality early on. And um, when you have the big following and you can put a lot more money into each video, then you can afford to have that one video per week that absolutely bangs, that it's going to get the 10 million views all the way up, um, something like that. Whereas if you are a vlog channel, whatever it is, you need to be keeping the attention 24-7. Um, so regardless of whether they, regardless of if you think it's going to be good, as long as it's you can see yourself that it's not a completely terrible video, mm. just pump it out, just put it out. And if some people don't like it, they don't like it. If they do, they do. But at the same time, people are still deciding and still looking at you whether they like it or don't like it. Um, so you're still getting your however many thousand views per month rather than getting zero views that month. So that's something that I've been trying to work on is just get those metrics up. How am I going to get those metrics up? Oh, if I did a couple of more videos. Regardless of if they only get 800 views or this one gets 2,000, or this one mm. gets 10,000, I'm still getting, I'm still seeing that green arrow, you had more views this month than last month. So that's what I think people should try focus on. Mm. And there's obviously some parts, um, you know, to any, like, what you're doing now, like, that you don't necessarily enjoy. What is that for you, if there is such a thing? Anything that I don't really enjoy. Mm. Like doing what I do. Mm. That is actually a tough one. Is there parts like I want to say the editing, but that is only when I'm doing videos that I feel like I have to do rather than the videos that I want to do. Okay, yeah. The videos that I'm really excited to have up on my channel, I will sit and edit that thing and not eat for three days and make sure that everything is perfect about it. When I'm doing a vlog that I know because I just have to have a vlog out today by that day that I will literally put all the clips in order, quick chop and have it done that I don't enjoy. I'll even put it off. I'll put it off the editing process. So I'd say mm, the thing that I don't enjoy is that sometimes you feel like you have to do videos that you have to do rather than always doing videos that you just want just to do. Just have content, yeah. Because yeah. I don't think you can. I know a lot of big YouTubers will say, just make the videos you love. I genuinely think to grow sometimes you have to put out stuff that even you yourself don't think would be so great and that's why all of them look back at old videos and think oh they were terrible because you have to be banging out videos mm. content is the key <laughs> and if you could have one superpower what would that superpower be superpower. wow hmm. i'd say if it was gonna be like a singular power and not a cluster of powers like as a like a I would say it's like the teleportation guy from X-Men. The one that can just poof and he can be anywhere. That'd be pretty cool, yeah. yeah. that's I'd say that would be my one. Yeah, the teleportation one from X-Men. Yeah. Look it up if you don't know it. That's I'll look it up. <laughs> and um, like, what, what's your goal? Like, Where do you see yourself going in five years' time? So that's a really hard one. Do you that have is that always a really hard one. I do, I, I do have a basic plan mm -hmm. in my head 
of where I would like things to be. But at the same time, in my first year of YouTube, looking I'm in my second year, looking back at my first year, every single year has been so entirely different mm. um, that I could never have believed that four years ago that I would be working in a full-time job of doing this like if you told me that four years ago i'd be like hell no in four years time i'm going to be doing this yeah so like to be where you are now it's like you don't know what is going to happen within that year so but in terms of the overall goal of where i do want to be i would like to be in a position to where my own personal business is making enough money to sustain myself to be able to make the jump to go into full-time just doing youtube and stuff like that um that would be so in five years time to have made that step um i would like to ideally i'd actually like to have that done in the next by the end of 2020 that's what i think so in the current position that i am hopefully looking to get the next promotion that i can get and if i get that next promotion there is a chance and possibility of working within holster that you can get like transferred um because there's only a certain yeah. amount of managers that can be in a in a specific store. They can't, mm. they can't have 10 managers in a store. But they can train managers, however many different stores, and then you get sent to wherever. Um, so if I could, within the next one to two years, get that and then move to the States, that would be literally, that would be amazing. I think that'd be the goal. If I Where could. would you go in States, actually? I what part? I'm quite... Houston has won me over quite quite uh quite easily the, also the other the, the thing with Houston would be that I'd be in an environment of where it's all YouTube and vlogging um and in literally just from being in there those three or four days that I trained there I had someone that was a videographer that did a whole gym workout of film and I edited the video that's in my video but he did all of that for free mm just because he came up to me he was like yo you guys look like are you youtubers i was like yeah and he was like that and i could see him he was just doing it for fun for his friends probably i don't know 17 18 years old and he then i was like okay well, i was like i actually want to get a video done what can i offer you to 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 do a workout video for me and um, because i'm only here for a few days it's kind of like a little bit hectic in there sometimes i might be here in the morning by myself would you mind filming for me and like i'll pay you whatever and he was like not do that for free like, yeah i really enjoy it i i don't know anywhere in ireland where you're gonna get that that sort of just mentality of just everyone is so accepting and welcoming and nice about it um so that'd be i think broadening my horizon and just being over in an american market i think my videos would do better over there than they do over here i think they can struggle over here a little bit because like in ireland they want like proper irish people like they want, like that's why Glenn is doing so well. Like they love having your Blanche man doing his thing. They love hearing the accent. Whereas mine chops and changes from being, because I'm half American, like from being American to a more South Dublin side, it kind of switches. Um, and it's 100% not on purpose, but it's just kind of how it is. And yeah. I think sometimes my humor and my video style, I just think would do better with an American audience than an Irish one. Um, so yeah, I think that'd be so in the broad to answer your question, as I did my big tangent once again, <laughs> is yeah, to eventually be out of, get the promo, sorry, this is the other thing, kids, if you're listening to this, you need money to make money. That is the thing that I fundamentally figured out because I didn't, I didn't work 
I, when I was 18, 19, didn't want to work. I was like, no, I'm never doing a full-time job. I'm doing this YouTube thing. And very quickly realized, well, if I want to go to Body Power, I need some money. If I want to go to these events, I need some money. If I want yeah. to do these travel vlogs, I need some money. Um, and then when you grow up, it's like you need to have a car, you need to pay bills, you need insurance, you have to help out at home. So you need money to make money. So hopefully that's the plan. Get promotion, be making more money, expand my YouTube thing. So invest in a new laptop, more cameras, more sort of thing. And just invest more in myself to the point of where I can bring my own income to the same level of the income that I'm making with my job, then transition over and yeah, maybe move. Mm. And you still do personal training, right? I do online coaching. Online so I coaching. don't do in-person personal training anymore. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do that. As soon as I started my full-time job, I could not do that anymore. Um, so I stopped. So I used to do that in Raw, in Sandyford, um, but I had to stop. So I just do the online coaching now. Mm, fair enough. And so you obviously know a thing or two about personal training. Yes. So what advice would you give to someone who um, wants to become a PT, who wants to become a personal trainer? Do your course your course is going to be very minimal. I did two courses mm. and in terms of learning, like I, I, this is, it, I don't want to sound cocky when I'm saying it, but I, I could have done the examination the day of signing up. I didn't need to do 12 weeks. Yeah. And that was literally just from learning and reading and watching podcasts to actually peer reviewed articles. Like you actually need to look into all of that stuff. I know 90, 95% of the time people will look at my Instagram. They're like, this is just the dude that takes the top off. He doesn't have a clue about what he's doing. But in terms of the reason why I've been able to get my results while having pretty much no coach, I know Ross kind of helped me out with the bodybuilding show um, was just because of everything that I learned myself. Like I literally would obsess over doing everything correctly. Like I don't want to be the person in the gym that isn't doing things correctly. So that was the the main thing that kind of drove me to doing so well. Um, triage method, Paddy and yeah. Skinny Gaz, they kind of, because they, they even thought the same. He literally, when I went down to him in Limerick, he was like, I thought you were the exact same. I thought you were just the gym dude, took his top off, drank some white monster. I didn't know you actually looked into all of this stuff as well. So I had literally have learned so much from them i'm in their kind of little group that they have that keeps going on so i just stay up to date so the main thing that i would give to a personal trainer is that do your course amazing but you need to do so much more learning outside of the fact to really set yourself away from the pack because every single pt that i see in the gym and this is not meant to be a dig at anyone because you would think that if i do a pt course i'm doing enough to do pt um it literally is you need to you need to do way more way 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 more learning and then in terms of getting clients or something like that a lot of the times and i did this quite early on i was like well if these people are charging this much i feel i'm better so i should charge way more but to the case of like don't charge too much you need to know what your audience is if you're Mm. young and you want to train 15 16 year olds then get in a load of 15, 16 year olds, but charge them cheap. Do group sessions, do something like that where they can all pay a joint fee and you train three of them at the same time. Because it's very hard, especially if you're a lad PT, to get even female clients. Mm. And a, lot of, a lot of girls want to go to other girl PTs. Yeah. So what I would say is offer them joint fees because that's something I used to do where three of them, they're, they don't feel as much pressure, one-to-one pressure, because they're there with their two friends. They can have a little bit more of a laugh. It relaxes the situation a little bit more. And they can all do the same training. And then they kind of can motivate each other a little bit more. So yeah. try to do something like that. So where you're still getting your full amount. You're, you're only doing an hour. 
you're still getting your hour fee of whatever it is. I'm just making it up 40 euro, 50 euro. But now that's split up between three people. So for them, they're only paying 15 euro. But you're still getting your 40 euro and you're still only giving an hour of your time or whatever it is. So that's what I would suggest as well. So don't be too stuck up about having to charge too much. You're better off having clients for cheaper than having none. That's what I say. Hmm. And what is, what would you say is the worst piece of advice that you often hear within your industry? So within personal training, fitness, all that kind of stuff. Like what's the worst piece of advice you often hear or advice that shouldn't be followed? I have two. I have one for the nutrition and I have one for the training. Go so the it. nutrition one would be that sugar is your enemy. That would be the main one. That simple sugars that just sugar in general is your enemy. Um, people don't understand that sugar is fibrine carbon structure. It does not turn into a straight linear lipid structure really easily. It just doesn't do that. So all the time people think that the sugar is what's making them put on fat. Um, so whatever it is, so they completely stay away from carbs. They do something like that. Um, they always, even when they're cutting, they cut really, really low carbs. Sugar, most of the time, is going to be burnt off in fidgety movements. So for lads, they're very fidgety. That's kind of what's going to happen. Sugar is only bad in increasing your calories to where you're above a caloric surplus. So you put, they put you into a caloric surplus. So then the fats that you've eaten throughout the day then get put into your fat cells. Mm. Um, so basically the saying is the fat you eat is the fat you wear. So if you go up to the Eskimos, take, I don't know, a skin sample, take a fat sample from them, you're going to know that they're eating cod oily fish. Yeah. You go to someone in America, they've been eating all these trans saturated fats from their burgers and their fries and something like that. You can tell it's not because, oh, this person had sugar and this person had sugar, that's why they're fat. So that's be the main thing that sugar, don't have too much of it, of course, I'm not seeing saying have loads. Yeah. But just the demonization of sugar for me is the one that I notice a lot. That's the main one that I notice a lot. Um and also this doesn't really count, but any fit tea, any detox fit skinny if it, if it has skinny on the label it's not going to work that's the main one um training wise is for natural lifters that they don't need to get stronger that'd be the main one um anyone that is huge and isn't crazily strong and claims natural for me probably isn't natural that's the only way that i can kind of say it in a nice roundabout way um that is why you can have skinny people like me and I, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to say it anyway. That is why I am able to deadlift basically the same amount of weight that Brandon Hardbody is able to deadlift, if that makes sense. And this is not a knock on him. He's openly talks about his steroids, this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. Um, but that is why he is able to just develop muscle tissue with no strength, what's involved. If you are natural and you actually want to put on size, you need to get strong. You need to get hella strong and that's just how it is so that's the main one so people that are always saying that so the thing that i hear that's bad per se is i'm just going to go into more hypertrophy training now if you're able to do if you're putting chests if you're putting muscle on your chest you should be able to do more reps your one rep max should be greater something along those lines um so that's what i'm saying so they're not mutually exclusive your strength and your hypertrophy are not one and two one one p in a different pause does that make sense yeah um so yeah that'd be the main thing that you need to train to get stronger and that's what's going to put the size on you mm. and what would you say is your personal philosophy in life if you have one 
like your mindset your approach your you know philosophy on life i guess my approach on life hmm. in a broad sense it's that i i'm very positive in everything and i am eternally skeptical so it doesn't matter what i hear or what i see or what is presented to me i'm always skeptical of it. and i think i got that a little i think i always had that but i got it a little bit more from jordan peterson you know most yeah, people yeah. will know jordan mm-hmm. peterson um but that sort of thing so it doesn't matter what the situation is actually i actually got it more from my mom i think because she is a psychotherapist so in everything that i see or interact with or hear if someone is just like just say getting very angry at me a teacher my instant reaction is isn't they're angry at me it's why are they angry at me i am the outlet of what this anger is at this particular point in time mm. um so that's basically that that'd be my philosophy that i'm skeptical of everything but i am eternally like i see the glass half full in everything yeah that'd be kind of i guess that's a hard question i don't know how to answer that yeah no i was just, I was just curious yeah yeah and just because you mentioned uh jordan peterson do you do you read books yourself i i'm not the best reader i okay. don't i have his book i stopped on it like halfway through i need to finish it but the yeah so i'm not i'm not the best reader i wouldn't say mm. in terms of like actual physical books i'm like reading like i'm better reading online like peer-reviewed articles and stuff like that something that's like, like triage like, and stuff yeah yeah something like that yeah that i'm a lot better for hmm. and and um, when you feel overwhelmed or just unfocused in general like how do you deal with that so i never really feel you never overwhelmed. feel overwhelmed or unfocused or just ah. i i can feel unfocused in the way of i'm noticing that i'm not putting in as much effort that i should be putting in mm-hmm. that's that's perfectly fine um overwhelmed i don't really feel overwhelmed i guess i i guess the feeling of over, of being overwhelmed is there but i don't really notice it in that way so for me and th- i guess this is kind of part of how my philosophy is it's kind of like when things get more difficult i get better that's my i guess philosophy so when and it was like in a match if we're really down that's when i feel like i, st- I play my best when the pressure is really on yeah. so i have eight people watching me hit this mm. golf shot i'm hitting that golf shot whatever it is yeah. so when the pressure is more on and it's more difficult when the situation gets more difficult i feel i perform a lot better um so the idea was if i was probably not working full-time and just doing the prep for the competition when it started to get hard i probably wouldn't have done as well it was because i was working full-time having to pay these bills having all of these other things going on in the background while also having to do this so when it was like when i'm on that cardio when i'm on that treadmill for 40 minutes now and i'm like oh i want to stop for that 20 minutes i'm like yo all of this is difficult this isn't gonna this is this is where i don't end this is not where i stop so that's kind of what i always think about in my head so whenever i'm feeling overwhelmed it's kind of like okay this is what it this is what it wants to put on me right now nah i'll have this so that's kind of what i guess yeah the confidence has come from i just have that eternal confidence that no matter what it is that's bringing me down per se um that i'll be able to deal with it no hassle doesn't matter what situation i'll manage it like Hmm. that's what i always think and do you follow any routines like it may be morning routine evening routine or even like a you know daily affirmation with my job i have zero routine yeah so on monday i'll be in 10 to 6 30 the next monday after that i could be in 1 30 to 10 
the Monday after that I'm opening the shop it literally it I have zero set routine which is part of the difficulty in the bodybuilding prep was that I couldn't have a routine of like hey I, at nine o'clock I go to the yeah. gym at this time I do cardio it was okay I can't really go at this time now I need to make things work every single week it was like I needed to remake it work of how I was going to fit everything in and um, so in terms of a routine i actually don't really have one the only routine i'd say i have is i have to watch at least four an- four episodes of some sort of anime before i can go to sleep that's it that's the only thing that i have in terms of a routine um and that i have to go to the gym at least six times a week and i'm just curious what sort of anime do you watch oh bro don't even get me <laughs> started on goddamn anime at the moment the ones that i'm watching are fire force Dr. Stone, and I'm finishing up Naruto. I was I never watched Naruto. I was a big Dragon Ball Z person. So um, I'm actually just broadening oh, my horizons. Dragon Ball Z is amazing. Dragon Ball Z is the best one. But all the, all the lads are all saying that I need to watch Naruto. So I'm, I'm <laughs> getting through that at the moment. Um, but yeah, no, I literally, um, I would call myself an anime connoisseur at the moment. I've literally <laughs> just watched so much. But um, yeah, that'd be, those would be the ones that I'd be watching at the moment. Yeah. And what do you do um, to relax? Watch to anime. chill? Watch, watch anime, anime. that really? literally is the thing like when i'm doing cardio that's what i'm watching hmm. when i wake up in the morning i watch one episode and then then i go whatever go off and do work like i wake up early and then when i come home it's like it's like oh, okay i can watch anime. like yeah. when i'm like even when i need to get a video edited i don't let myself watch the anime because i'm like hey that is like my my reward yeah, yeah, yeah. for getting my work done um so I get my work done and I'm like, whew, okay, yeah, I can watch this shit now. That's kind of because I don't, I don't watch TV and I don't watch as much YouTube as well. Like I always go on YouTube first. I'm like, is there new videos from all these guys I want to watch? No. Okay. Then I go and watch that. But in terms of relaxation, gym is also another one. Um, Like even after, like after the fact, I'm like, okay, I'm glad I went to the gym that day. I'm glad I got even just a little bit of work done, no matter what. So like, even though I'll, I'll get to the gym those five six days a week but not and like not every week is five amazing sessions there might be one amazing session but i showed up four days and I'm, i'd rather show up four days and not have gone any of those days hmm. so that'd be the main things that i do to relax yeah fair and if you could have dinner with anyone in the world uh dead or alive uh, who would that person be it's a tough one i probably would go for will smith oh yeah how come yeah. Will Smith, because I think that, because basically, if it was a question of like who I'd really like to pick pick someone's brain, it would be Jordan Peterson. But in terms of like just going for dinner with someone, I think it would be a very heavy conversation just for a dinner. So I'd like, I'd probably pick Will Smith because one, he's my favorite actor. Two, I find him extremely motivational as well in just all of the things yeah. that he talks about himself. And I think he's hilarious and it like would be able to have a, I think I'd relate to him quite well. So that'd be the, I, he'd be who I chose. And what definitely. would you like to ask him? What would I like to ask him? I'd like to ask him about his childhood and growing up and what that was like to have that level of fame growing up and how he was able to, and even just ask him, like if this isn't leaving the room, like is not even, is it all an act? Cause I don't think it's an act, but I was like, how much of it is, do you how much do you show face and how much of it is actually you as well because everyone does it everyone has to kind of show face a little bit for their audience or whatever mm. um so that'd be another thing that i'd kind of like to pick his brain about but yeah 
just kind of like his earlier days mm. and also uh, let's just say there's a billboard and this billboard is displayed to everyone in the world so everyone if you look up in the sky you can see this billboard uh what would you put up on that billboard it may be a message a quote whatever you think is you know true what would you put up on what? the billboard what am i putting up on that billboard Hmm. if it was to just accompany me as a person i would say what i'd wanted to say if it was like this is kyle's message then i'd put um no excuse is good enough that's what i'd write so whatever your excuse that you have for the situation i don't accept it that'd be my That'd be what I'd put on the billboard. In terms of like like a motivational quote or something like that, I guess like, I know, I like E.T.'s one. Like Eric Thomas's one was like, I can, I will, I must. I like those like little things. But in terms of like, if I wouldn't put something up like that on a billboard. Um, for me, my motivation comes from more tough love than like motivational speaking mm. sort of thing. And um, that's where mine comes from. So that's what I would say. I'd be like, no excuses good enough. That's what I'd put on it, I think. Mm. And do you like to do any like weird or just absurd things that you do that you love to do, but other people don't really necessarily know that about you? Is that a thing? Weird things that I do. See, I generally like. I think I'm a weird person, but I have like zero shame, so I don't know if things that I <laughs> <Okay>. do others <laughs> find weird because I just yeah. do. I just do me all of the time anyway. But in term, I don't think so. Like, I think probably the anime is one. Like, girls just don't understand what anime is. Like, yeah. older people don't understand what it is. But I think my very close group of friends all watch it. So it's, like, not weird to us. Hmm. But to outside people, don't be like, well, why are you watching this cartoon? Like, why is this, like, your yeah, main thing yeah, that you'd yeah. rather watch? So I guess maybe that. But, um, no, I don't think there's anything else, really. Yeah, fair enough. And um, is there like any ending that I didn't ask you? Is there like a question that you're like, oh, I hope Dom asked me this question, but I, I didn't get that. He didn't ask me. No, I think you is actually you asked you? those. We talked about sport, what I want to do, things like that. Um, no, I think you covered a lot. I think you like got me talking about. I went on so many <laughs> tangents there. So I apologize if you're there half asleep trying me before I got to actually answering the question. <laughs> but um. No, I think you actually did. There's nothing there. That was, yeah, that was good. Oh, I'm glad to hear. And so, yeah, before we finish up, is there anything you'd like to promote? Say? Promote, say, just make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's just Kyle Mullen. Type it in. And um, that's the main thing. That I'm going to get more consistent. I know it's, that's the main thing. I say this. I've said this for three years. I'm going to get consistent. Um, but I do actually mean it every time I say it when mm. I'm saying it. So um, stick along for the ride. Subscribe if you want. If you don't want it, that's okay too. Still much love from everybody. Um, and yeah, that's it. Thank you, guys. Well, Kyle, thanks for coming on. No, it was a pleasure yeah, talking to you. Thank you very much. It was really fun. Thank you. Thank you. No worries. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, it would be pretty cool if you shared it with your friends or anyone else who you think would benefit from it. You can find all the show notes by going to the website chasingpassion.ie. That is chasingpassion.e. Thank you for listening today and I hope you enjoyed the episode.